0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Flea Flicker. I'm your host, John Murray. Well, maybe I shouldn't say good evening. I should say good morning because here it is, 12.03 in the morning. And uh, like I said, we're here doing uh, we're doing an episode of Flea Flicker. And um, for those who have joined me for the very first time, I want to say thank you for doing so. And I hope you continue to come back. And please invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, whoever you need to invite. And for those of you from day one, I wanna say thank you for staying with me and I hope you continue to come on back and again invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, whoever you need to invite. Again, we're trying to we're trying to increase increase viewership. We're trying to get better each and every time out. And uh again, football, I guess football is in the air. Um as the NFL network just started uh, on uh, Saturday, they started you know uh, going around to the different camps, talking to the uh, many different uh, many different uh, athletes of your favorite teams, and uh, football's in the air. It's great, great time of year. Uh, preseason will be starting here, well, probably within a couple of weeks or so. So it's a great, it's a great time. I believe the um, Hall of Fame game between Jacksonville and the Raiders. I believe that's what the fourth of August. I, I think, if I'm, I'm not mistaken. So it is a it's a great it's a great time of year for um, for football fans everywhere. And as sure as your team, as you will sit back and I'm sure some people like myself, when I get a chance, I'll watch the NFL Network. I will be in tune to see what what the experts have to say, what the players have to say, what coaches might have to say. Very in tune to that stuff, and I like to see some of the workouts, some of the guys catching passes. Um, there have been a few nice ones, I believe. uh as a lot of people have cracked on, two Tua. uh I don't know throwing Tyreek Hill. Well, a couple of a uh, couple of days ago, he throws a sixty-five yard bomb right on the money to Tyreek Hill. So maybe Tua's trying to tell everybody something different. Um, there was an old tape where Lamar Jackson threw a sixty-yard bomb to Rashard uh, Rashard Bateman. And look very good doing so so there have been some clips coming out players some players looking good i know that um certainly that's they're not in pads and that's where the most important things will come in when they're in pads uh enough of that ladies and gentlemen let's let's jump into let's jump into some stuff we have quite a few things to talk about um first thing first thing i'll bring up is and we'll We'll go back to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. We talked about uh, Big Ben and Haywood and some kind of differences of opinions. Well, this time around, it's the offensive coordinator Matt Canada that has has got my attention. Um, have you heard? I guess you've heard the uh, article that was put out a couple of days ago, where uh, he where he's saying there could be a possible quarterback controversy. If you want to say that, we all know Big Ben. He has retired, and now Matt Cannon is saying that maybe Mason Rudolph has the upper hand over Mitchell Trubisky, even though Mitchell Trubisky is practicing with the first team, Mason Rudolph is practicing with the second team, and, of course, Kenny Pickett is practicing with the third team. Kenny, of course, is the first-round draft pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. Now, of course, uh, there have been some... Sad news out of camp. I knew uh, Chase Claypool hurt his shoulder. Uh, we don't know how serious it is. I have not heard any news about that. Then again, there have been some other good news. Uh, the second-round pick of the Ray Pickens from the University of Georgia has been impressive in camp from what I understand. And To me, a lot of people compared him to A.J. Green when he was at the University of Georgia. That's a pretty strong comparison. And If he plays like that in the pros, then... He's doing well for himself, but again, Pittsburgh has that, has that knack for getting the wide receivers, and there's been a ton of them over, over the years, from the Lynn Swans to John Starwards to Louis Lips, Hines Ward, Plasko Burroughs was there, Antonio Brown. I mean, Deontay Johnson from this past year. I mean, there's been many, many receivers that have come out. I mean, what about Santana, Santana Holmes? Santana Holmes around there's been a lot of receivers at the, um, the Seahawks seem to find a receiver. Seem like every single year every other year, they seem to produce for them. That's been the uh, Pittsburgh shows way when it comes to wide receivers. But Matt Kanda was coming out pretty much saying that, well, that Mason knows the system. And, it's, and that's why he doesn't know the system. He's been in the system for a couple of years. Uh, he certainly has an upper hand over Mitchell Javisky and Kelly Pickett. Now, Kenny Pickett, excuse me. Now, a lot of people said, the rumors are that, that Kenny has kind of struggled in camp a little bit, and if that is the case, then I don't see Kenny really getting a, becoming the starting quarterback opening day, and I really don't think he will be seeing the field unless injuries really present itself for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, to me, it comes down to a lot of people feel that Mitchell Trubisky will be the starting quarterback week one, and I feel that that probably is going to be the case. Mike Tomlin Mike Tomlin has a thing for uh, quarterbacks that can that you can uh, move out move out of the pocket and Mitchell Risky is that type of guy that can certainly certainly do that. Uh, but one thing I can say about Mitchell is he has been to the playoffs he has taken his team to the playoff Mason Rudolph can't say that Trubisky can say that. now Matt's right. Root Mason does have experience in the system that he's running. But to be honest with you, the quarterback play is questioned my best. And to me, that kind of falls on the offensive line. It's going to fall on one Najee Harris. Now, I know Najee made a joke. He, he don't care if he has care to touch the ball 500 times. Well, Pittsburgh would not want Najee to touch the ball 500 times. But I, I don't know if it would shock me if Najee touches the ball 400 times, whether he whether it's running or catching a pass out of the backfield, I wouldn't be surprised if he touches the ball four hundred times because to me the offense is mm-hmm. going to have to run to Najee Harris, and then Mitchell Trubisky or Mason Rudolph. But we're going to we're led to, to believe that Trubisky will be the starting quarterback because he's practicing with the first unit. So I know Matt. I know maybe Matt is trying to light a fire under his quarterbacks, maybe trying to lot of fire on Trubisky or try to light a fire under Rudolph. And he wants one one guy to step up and take and take it over. Now I don't know. I don't know what the the preseason rotation is gonna look like. Well Mitchell I'm I'm assuming all three of these guys are probably gonna play. I know Mitchell to me Mitchell I think Mitchell's gonna play. Mitchell is not like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or even Justin Herbert. He's not like those guys that are pretty much probably won't see preseason at all. Won't see no preseason games. But guys like Lynch Mason Rudolph, and Kelly Pickett, they're going to have to go out there in preseason and show, show Mike Tomlin and the rest of the coaching staff and his team and the team and the team who the starting quarterback is. Now, again, we go out there and say Mitchell is pretty much going to be the starting quarterback because Mike Tomlin likes that mobile quarterback. And Mitchell is a mobile quarterback Mason is not a mobile quarterback Mason is kind of on the same lines of big Ben in a way now he, now unless Mason Rudolph goes in there and plays 18 years gets a couple of Super Bowls to the Steelers then maybe we're talking a different ball game here but unfortunately that is not that is not the case here and now but it's interesting that kind of comes out and says well you know Mason's been been in the system so to me I have to wonder is I mean to me did Matt Cannon need to go out here and you know really and really say these things now all of Pittsburgh steelers teammates have talked to they've said it's been a very competitive quarterback room and that's they've left it they've left it at that and I'm with you and I'm with you on that because you know the media is going to ask well who looks better, Trubisky? Does Rudolph look better? Is Pickett, you know, is Pickett looking better? And I can get it. The media wants to pick and probe at the rest of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they want to ask, well, you know, who's looking good? And in the Pittsburgh shows whether it's Najee Harris, they've done interviews with, and Najee has said that he's all the quarterbacks are, look, are looking good, are looking good in camp. But the thing is, it's like. Who's going to to take the brass ring? Who's going to be the guy that's going to do the best to try to replace Big Ben? Certainly, they think Kenny Pickett's going to be the guy to replace Big Ben down the road. I don't think it's going to be this year unless Travisky and Rudolph get hurt. That's the only way I can see Pickett making the field. And I don't really see them going out and getting another veteran quarterback. But, for me, I don't understand. to me it's hard for me to understand where Matt Cam is coming from and why is he starting this I don't know if it's this mini controversy if you want to say that but i'm in, I'm interested to see how this how this progresses as camp goes on and like I said I'm sure all three of these guys will get some preseason reps at least I'm led to believe that I can't see them sitting in for this game for all preseason I think he's got to play. Mason's got to play. And yeah, I'm sure Kenny Pickett's will get plenty of opportunities because you've got three quarterbacks. Somebody's got to step up and say, hey, the job is mine. Now, some of these quarterbacks are going against second stringers or guys that are trying to make the team in some way, shape, or form. Now, to me, it's going to be hard, if that's the case, it's going to be hard to, how can we say, pick up a, pick a, a clear-cut winner. Because if you know that's because of that, because of that. Now, you have to wonder how much is Deontay Johnson going to play? How much is Claypool going to play? Those two you don't know are going to be your one-two punch, you know, for, for this coming season. Now, that means guys like Ray Pickens will probably get a lot of playing time. And I'm interested to see, I'm interested to watch the Pittsburgh Steelers game to see this, to see this young man in action. But you have to wonder, you know, Najee's Nigel, not gonna play. He's uh, not gonna play. like, like a, lick, a lick of preseason. If he's gonna, if he's gonna, supposedly get 500 carries as he likes it, as he wants to, I would be surprised if he gets about 400. It wouldn't surprise me there because to me the offense is gonna have to run through him because how much do you rely on Mitchell Risky, How much do you rely on Jason Rudolph? And if, and like I said, what if for some odd reason Pickett's got to play? How much can you rely on him? We're going to rely on. Hopefully, improved offensive line, and you might rely on Najee Harris a lot more than you did did in the past. And I'm sure for fantasy owners, people taking that mental note, write that note down. Hey, Najee making this this amount of carries, and that's going to make it make it better. It can make his numbers a little bit better. But from that tandem, to me, I kind of wish Matt would have been like been the rest of the Pittsburgh Steelers players. Just say, hey quarterbacks are looking good they're coming along but he didn't have to really go out there and say that hey Mason is Mason could have a possible lead maybe you know maybe he didn't say it that way but he knows the system to me Matt probably should have left well enough alone let these quarterbacks play and let the best man win simple as that well, let's stay in the state of Pennsylvania and let's go to the crosstown let's go to the Carlstown Philadelphia Eagles now Philly seems they have a little bit of a controversy on his hands and no 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 it's not a quarterback controversy let's 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 get that out of the open Jalen Hurts is certainly the number one quarterback but there seems to be a running back controversy as it camp, the word out of camp is that guess, uh, Kenneth Gainwell is is practicing with the with the first with the, with the number one unit and Miles Sanders is practicing with the number two unit, but everybody's saying that Miles Sanders is certainly the number one running back. Well, the way I got take it is this there's a there's a little bit of a concern for me on that. Now, Miles got hurt last year, and it didn't seem that Philadelphia did have the number one rushing offense in the league last year, and it didn't seem it didn't seem to matter who you, who you plugged in to that spot. It didn't matter if it was Sanders, Gainwell, uh, Scott, uh, even J- even Jawan Howard, he plugged in it, and he actually looked pretty good. So to me, as far as it, 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 to me it doesn't seem like it doesn't matter who you plug in, somebody seems to produce. It's kind of almost like that Mike Shanahan thing, kind of, where Mike Shanahan could go out there and pick a running back in the seventh round of a draft and make him, make him a 1,000-yard rusher. I mean, you can go from the yeah from Terrell Davis guys remember you guys remember Mike Anderson right yeah he was a low, low-round draft pick they made, a, made something out of him certainly you had Clinton Portis what about what is it? I don't know if you remember Ruben Reuben Drones who played for Denver and actually I've got a uh, a signed mini helmet from the young man Reuben Drones and actually he put up some pretty decent numbers you had what Orlando Orlandis Gary if you if you if you if you remember him, he was a guy again. To me, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that. The offensive line is. To me, he could be one of the top what six or seven in his league offensive lines. Yes, and yes, you do have Jalen Hurts, and yes, I'm sure there's a lot of RPOs coming out of Jalen Hurts because he can run the football. But you added, but you added AJ Brown, and that's a big that's a big difference for you. But for me. Game Game will you know played played well last year. He can catch pass out of back out of backfield. Now, to me, I don't know if Game nor Sanders Booth can take the twenty or twenty five carries a game. Yeah, I don't know if that's feasible possible for either gentleman. But to me, it kind of raises a red flag to me if you've got Game practicing with the first unit and you got Mount Sanders practicing with the second unit. Now Miles is, I believe, on the final year of his rookie contract. I might be wrong, could be wrong on that. But it becomes but it becomes a huge concern to me. At least in my opinion. If you've got a game on practice on the first unit and Sanders practical you know, on the second unit, again we just said about th- but three seconds ago, the point is it didn't matter ran the football last year. They seemed to produce it didn't didn't matter what running back you plugged in, they seem to produce some way, shape, or form. But it becomes interesting again if is, is Gamewell is going to want to be the starting running back. Now, they say Miles Sanders is going to be the guy. And then Miles Miles has always had potential coming out of Penn State. But I've always had my doubts about Miles Sanders. I've always thought Miles could be a maybe a 1B. Maybe it could be like a one B, and not the one A. Yeah, I always thought he'd be a good platoon player with somebody. It didn't matter. It didn't matter who it was. I mean, if yeah, it didn't matter what the running back was. The other running back was. I've ever thought Miles was a guy that could carry the ball twenty times a game, and he can and he cannot do so. Again, I don't think Gangwell can do the twenty. But I, I'm interested to see Sanders can be an explosive weapon. I think Gangwell's the same way. Now, unless we're having, unless deep down inside side, we've got Sanders as a 1A and Gainwell's going to be the 1B. Now, unless this is what we're gearing towards, maybe I get it. I can kind of understand it. But the pressure's on The pressure's on Miles Sanders, not Gainwell. Gainwell's going to do his second year. Miles in the final year's rookie contract. A lot of pressure on Miles Sanders. And Miles is gonna to need to step his game up. Miles is gonna to to stay healthy for a full 17 games. He's gonna to have to be that thousand yard rusher, be a viable option on the backfield. Yeah, he's gonna to have to step his game up. Because you now if he has a thousand yards, I don't know even then I don't know if fellow brings him back in twenty twenty-three. If game because game will be going into his third year, and if game will produces he could wind up being a starting running back next year. Or they go out and draft a running back. There's a running back out there in college that might tickle somebody's fancy. But again, Miles is coming back into a corner. He's got to come out. If he is the number one, if he is the number one running back, he's going to have to play as such this year. He's coming out to Braco. There's 60, 70-yard runs. He's going to have to have 120-yard 100, games. He's going to have to maybe 120-yard games. maybe catch 35, you know, 35 yards receiving or something or something like that. He's going to have to prove to the world that he can be a number one running back. Now, maybe he carries the ball 15 times. Maybe I can see him doing 15 carries a game. You can bring Gainwell in. He can do maybe seven or eight carries. Now, he's still got Scott on the roster. I'm sure Scott will come in. He'll steal some carries away as well. Now, it becomes interesting. Who becomes the goal line, man? Is it going to be Sanders? I don't think game will be the, be the goal line back. But I can see Scott. I can see maybe Scott being the goal line back. So, that's going to take for, like, fantasy football people. If that's the case, that kind of takes away Sanders' yeah, stock game a little bit because he is not go get the touchdowns, to go, those goal line carries. But again, the pressure's on Sanders. And to me, if you go going into camp, you're saying, well, I've got Gainwell practicing on the first unit, Sanders practicing the second unit. It, to me, I know sometimes you can't read into a lot of camp stuff, but to me, this is kind of the one that I, I kind of, I have to file this in the back of my mind. It's like, well, if Gainwell is practicing the first unit, what does that say for Sanders? Now, that's not saying that I don't think that Sanders is going to be traded during camp. I doubt that very seriously. Unless somebody really needs a running back that, that that bad, which I'm sure teams in this league could use a, a guy like Miles Sanders on their team. But, for me, I know. I know for fellow fans, maybe you don't want to read into it. But to me, I have to read into it just a little bit of game work to me. If Gangle's playing the first unit, who knows? Maybe maybe there's a deep downside. Maybe maybe Miles will get traded. Because you gotta remember Miles is on the final inverse rookie contract. Who knows? Miles could get traded because, hey, you know when injuries happen in camp, go ask to Baltimore Ravens. They know better. Heck two and two and their, two of their top, top running backs are still are, are on the pub list right now, but you never know. Could that be a possibility to think about? Maybe Sanders will be traded during camp, and I'm sure there's plenty of teams, like I said, that could use his services. Maybe Game will, will be the new number one. You got Scott. Maybe Scott becomes number two. Maybe Charlotte have you start looking at your deep, deep and deep roster. Maybe you've got maybe you've got a young man that you feel could be your number three running back. But again, it's pure speculation, obviously. But I'm interested to see can Sanders, can Miles Sanders step up and be the number one running back that he's always been destined to be for the Philadelphia Eagles. To me, it doesn't look good right now if he's practicing the second unit. But again, I know it's camp, and it's camp. Don't read, don't read into it too much. I got you. Let's talk about another running back, and we'll stay on the running back subject. Let's talk about uh, Joe Mixon. There's been reports. There's reports have been out there from Joe Mixon that uh, he was not too happy with Zach Taylor and the coaching staff for not putting him in, putting him in on the final drive of the Super Bowl, I believe, because P. Ryan was in there. It was like third and one or fourth and one instead of Joe Mixon and Joe felt that he should have been in there. And that feels that, I don't know if, it, I don't know if he felt that it, it cost him in the Super Bowl, but he felt that he should have been in there for those for those drives. Now, I understand where Joe Mixon is coming from, and I don't disagree with Joe at all whatsoever. Joe Mixon was, was a Pro Bowl last year, 1,000-yard rusher, best year of his career, was healthy most of the year, and yeah, I get it. They play behind a bad offensive line, but Joe looked pretty good behind a bad offensive line. So, to me, that shows you if a running back knew a thousand yards and you play behind a crappy offensive line, it shows you the kind of player that you really are. Now, Joe, I believe, is 20 25 years old, so Joe is still, still young. But to me, I'll agree with Joe on this one. The thing about it is, he was one of your best offensive players last year. I get it. The Bengals fans will say, with well, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. I get all of that. But Joe yeah, but Joe was part of that engine. And Joe should have been on that field with his third and one or fourth and one. Now, you can sit there and speculate or what ifs, could ofs, should ofs. You know, if you had the ball off to Joe Mixon, could he have made it on third and one? Could he have made it on fourth and one? Again, that's speculation. Now, I know the Bengals had a bad offensive line, and maybe Mick Joe wouldn't have, wouldn't have made it because of a bad offensive line play. Um, if you want to say that, you could probably go out there and say that. But for me, it becomes a concern. It is a little bit of a concern. Um, uh, Zach Fields come out and said that um, him and Joe, it's water on the bridge. It's over with, we're on to we're on to a new season. But to me it is a concern it's not a concern for Joe Mixon, it's a concern for Zach Taylor, in my opinion. If you don't have one of the better running backs in this league on a third and one or fourth and one situation in the Super Bowl, and here's a guy that's one of the main reasons why you're in the Super Bowl in the first day, in the first place. Why was he on the field in third and one and fourth and one? Now, a lot of people say P. Ryan was a better Receiver on the backfield at this situation. Well, Mixon's not the, not the bad of the receiver. If you're at 31, 32, or fourth and one, I'd rather really have Mixon on the field than run any day of the week, any time of the day. And to me, that becomes a concern. Now, I've always had my doubts about Zach Taylor as a coach, and and some Bengals fans probably feel that 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 has been erased away because he got the team to a, to a Super Bowl. But to me, but to me, stuff like that is gonna is, is gonna come back to bat bite the Bengals and Zach Taylor in the butt. You always put your best players on the field at whatever the situation is. I mean, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna take Joe Burrow Burrow, Burrow out and for a two minute drill in the Super Bowl? No. Are you gonna take Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd out the game and put in your fourth fifth and your fourth, fifth receiver and your kick return yet in a Super Bowl, no, you're not going to do that on a Super Bowl drop. You're not going to do that. So why did you not leave? Like, why did you not leave Joe Mixon in there? Joe's one of the guys that got you there. Joe's a Pro Bowler. Joe has been a pretty good running back for you since he has been drafted. There might have been a year where he has he was hurt injuries got him, but then again, put player in this league who doesn't get caught with injuries at some point. Now again, they say it's water under the bridge. <sighs> maybe, maybe it is, but to me, it's a concern. It's a concern. I'm interested to see if at some point during the season, heck, it could be week one for all we know against the Pittsburgh Steelers. If it started one or fourth and one, is he gonna put Sandy P. Ryan in? No, he's not gonna do that. Nixon's gonna stay in the game. And to me, if a coach makes that mistake in the Super Bowl, then he could make a mistake. He's gonna make that mistake a few more times. Now, I still got my doubt that to Zach Taylor is a top notch coach in this league. He did he did get the team he did get the team into a Super Bowl. So he does have a resume that he did get a team to the Super Bowl. Now whether whether he should have won it or not, to me, I don't know if that's on Zach's fault. I think it's more on the the front office fault for not getting more better offensive line play to protect Joe Burrow. I think it's more on them. Maybe so than Zach Taylor. But then again, Zach Taylor can kind of I'm sure Zach Taylor had a little I'm sure he had some input in the draft. I mean when Marvin Lewis was there for the Bengals, he had input on the draft. So I'm assuming Zach had the same input in the draft. So Zach can take can Zach could take responsibility. Him and Dick Tobin can take responsibility getting that offensive line together. Now, now Grant they had a choice and trade. So, offensive tackle for the Detroit Lions and Jamar Chase as a first round pick. They went into Jamar Chase and again, it looks like a great pick. So, didn't play that bad for the Detroit Lions this past season as well. So, I guess it's, it's it was good for both teams. Now, Chase certainly got Ch- Chase certainly took the Bengals uh, up an old notch with his play this past season. And of course, him and Burrow, teammates LSU, made made some difference. They were top horse, you know, he struggled during camp and during preseason and some people thought that um, it was going to be a bust, but once he got his feet on the ground, he played, and he played extremely well. But going back to Zach, going back to Zach Taylor, it concerns me. It concerns me if Zach cannot if he could not have Joe Mixon on the field for third for third and one or third and two or fourth and one in the Super Bowl, then it's concern, it becomes a concern to me if he is that good of a coach. Now, again, it's a tough AFC is gonna be tough this year. I mean, the only teams right now that might not be contenders would be like what? The Jets, the Texans, and maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars. Maybe. But they might be the only three teams that might not be contingent. Everybody else in the, else in the conference is probably got a, a legitimate shot at, make, at making the playoffs. So, Zach, realize this. You need your best players in the team. Best players on the field at all times. Because every team, because like I said, other than those three teams, it's a tough conference this year. They open up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, of course, Pittsburgh, who's going to be the quarterback, opening day, week one. Will Najee Harris get about 30 carries? I don't know about the I wouldn't think so. And Joe Mixon, Will Joe get his 15 carries? Maybe 80. Hopefully he gets 15 carries. He gets 80, maybe 85 yards and gets a touchdown. But you gotta, you got to remember, it is a new offensive line, but Pittsburgh Steelers have a pretty decent defense. So I'm interested to see the new offensive line against T.J. Watt and company. I'm interested to see how that dynamic dynamic is going to is going to fit for Week One. But my personal opinion is simply this: is it one on the bridge? The two of them says it is, and I'm gonna have, I'm gonna go with it. But in the back of my mind, if I'm a fan, I gotta wonder. I gotta wonder. I gotta wonder if Zach Taylor's really my coach moving forward for the next couple of years or so. Again, I've always had my doubts about Zach Taylor, and I gotta be honest with you. Something like that makes me doubt Zach Taylor's coaching ability that much more. Now, the the hype out of the Baltimore Ravens camp is Lamar Jackson, of course, he's come to camp and come to champ, camp in great, great shape. And he's, he's beefed up, and offensive coordinator Greg Romain has uh, said that um that he is really throwing the ball real well. That I guess the the arm he is bulking up, he can he is now throwing the ball a lot a lot better. And of course, there was of course if you've seen the highlight, I think he threw a sixty yard bomb to Rashard Bateman. Like I said. Um. And he's, his arm strength seems to be increased big time. And that's good for Lamar. Now, I know Lamar is um, certainly, with uh, Kyler Murray getting his, his money, I'm sure Lamar Jackson is uh, pretty much next in line. At least at least we think he is. And Lamar, I think he's bulking up. I think he's, again, kind of like Kyler Murray. I think he's trying to sell the Baltimore Ravens. That, hey that you that you can rely on me for the next for several years to come now a lot of people can't a lot of people question his ability now here's a guy that did win a heisman trophy back at louisville now how many people have you heard from louisville getting yeah getting a getting a heisman trophy uh none the last quarterback came out of uh, louisville was what if everybody remember Chris Redmond, if, if you remember him. Now, I think that, I think it was the Jeff Blom. I think Jeff Blom did have a cup of coffee for a few teams in the NFL. He was not Louisville really quarterback. But, but here's a guy, but Lamar does have a housing trophy, you know, on his mantle at home. And now, to be the bulking up, the increased arm strength. This is simply put, Lamar is simply telling the Baltimore Ravens, very simply put, that hey, you, you can rely on me. Let's get down to the table. Let's me and my agent. Let's get on the table. Let's work out a deal. Now, like I said, Lamar's a pretty pretty good passer at Louisville, and when it's come to the pros, his his he has been questionable at times when it comes to Thorne comes to throwing the the football. Now, there's times he's gone out there, and again, early part of last season, he didn't have much of a choice because, again, he has top-tier running backs that got hurt. So he did start off throwing the football at the beginning of the season, and he did do a bad job throwing the football. He had one of the better tight ends of Mark Andrews. Uh, Marquise Brown was found living up to the ability living up to his billing. Of course, now Marquise Brown has now gone off to the Arizona Cardinals. And now he's got last year's pick, Bateman, he's now been the number one weapon. And his number two weapon is going to be who knows who knows who it is. But granted, he still has Mark Andrews, his most reliable weapon on his team. Now, I think for Lamar to show off his arm that much more, Ravens should have gone out in my mind, gone and got him in a weapon. Uh, he could have, they could have gone and got Jarvis Ranger, didn't want to do it. Maybe Julio Jones, they could have done done that. They didn't want to do that. So to me, it becomes interesting to see to see what 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 the capabilities are of one Lamar Jackson. Now I still think he bulked out. For the simple fact is, I think they they want to go back. So they put to the running game. They want to run the football. And if Dobbins and Edwards can be healthy by week one, that's a big if right now. Then they decide Mike Davis as as an insurance policy. And if you have, let's say, if the, two, if the other two are healthy, you, Mike Davis stays. You, that's three running backs that will run the ball. Equal amount of time, we'll say. That means Lamar, and to me, Lamar's going to run the football as well. I'm sure that's going to be a given that he's going to run the football. But it's interesting to see him coming out airing the ball out. And looking very good in airing the ball out. Now, whether it's a surprise or not, no. Because he did win, like I said, the Eisenman Trophy with Louisville. And he did a pretty good job throwing the football back then. It's not surprising he can do it. And I'm kind of surprised the Ravens don't let him throw the ball even more. And to me, I think they're going to have to do that. They're going to have to let more throw the ball more. Now, I don't know if Marshall throw the ball 40 times a game. I'm not saying that that's what needs to be done here. I'm not saying that. But I like to see Lamar throw the ball more. Give him more opportunities. Now the problem is, can his receiving core step up? That's going to be the big issue. I don't know if it's Lamar's harm as a question mark here. Right now, I think it's can his receiving core step up? Can Bateman be healthy for a full 17 games and be a 1,000-yard receiver, like Marcus Ramos last year? Mark Andrews, well, he's reliable. We know what we're getting out of Mark Andrews, but can Bateman, can the other wide step up? Again, the Ravens had opportunities opportunity to try to get at least one veteran, veteran receiver. But they failed to do that. And if I'm Lamar Jackson, that I'm sure I'm sure in the back of Lamar's mind, that's a large question mark. For Lamar, you're saying I'm sure Lamar goes in there and saying, hey, you trade one of my you trade one of my best receivers and Marcus off to the Cardinals. Who'd you get me to replace him? You didn't get my replacement. Did you go out and get me a veteran receiver? Did you go ahead and get me somebody? No, you did not do that. You've let some of my receivers go, you've let some receivers go. And to me, that becomes, that becomes, Lamar says, well, how bad do you really want to this team? And I'm sure Lamar, deep down the side, Lamar wants to throw the football. And I think he wants to prove, prove the Baltimore Ravens. If they can't come to some contract agreement, maybe, I'm sure there's plenty of teams in this league that would, that would love to have one Lamar Jackson on their ball club. The team since the league, one morning but for Lamar he's bulked up he's hearing the ball out looking good doing so but for Lamar I think he's trying to prove once and for all to the to multiple Ravens that hey what this boils down to is hey Kyle, Kyle got his money it's time to get my money and you can make an argument that maybe Lamar Jackson should make more money than Kyle Murray because it leads to one, Lamar has gotten his team, has, has won an MVP. Lamar has gotten his team to a couple playoffs. Now, Kyle got his team to a playoff last year, but bombed. Then again, Lamar Jackson has not played well in the playoffs himself either. And that's a concern. Now, whether the Ravens hold out against him when contract talks will come about, they might. Don't know. For Lamar he did look good hearing the ball out and i like to see Lamar throw the ball more but I know the Ravens are built around the running game they built around the defense that's when, that's when the Baltimore Ravens a solid football team for, for years there's no denying that but now I think it's time for the Ravens to you know flip the switch let Lamar throw a little bit more but let's see what Lamar's really got Lamar, Lamar's not that bad of a passer. I've seen way way worse passes in this league. But for Lamar, I think Lamar wants to throw the ball more. He's bulked up. I mean throw the ball more. Let me show you how much money I'm really worth to you. Since we brought up Kyler Murray, let's let's bring up, of course, we all know about Kyler Murray's contract. We know about the study habit situation well now now it's come out now at the ravens that the excuse me not the ravens but the cardinals have taken that i guess you could say the homework the study thing off the, off out of this contract now to me to me the card i don't know if the cardinals to me i think the cardinals made a huge mistake when they put that when they put that stipulation in this contract because what they're trying to tell not only the more, not only Kyle Murray, but they're trying to tell the world that Kyle's not much on it's not much on, on studying game film film and whatnot. And that's why they put it in his contract. And Kyle, I don't know if Kyle, his agents sat down and said, hey, wait a minute, why why'd you put this in our contract? And the Cardinal's probably thought, well, wait a minute, that's not a good how shall I say, it's not not good faith. It's not good faith that we put that in your contract. So damn, we, we, we gotta take we we gotta, we gotta take that out. And to me, I believe, and there's some experts say that the Cardinals have opened up a can of worms that maybe they shouldn't have done because now they're saying that Kyle Murray is is uh, doesn't take the game seriously. And to me, that's kind of how they're saying that he doesn't take game film seriously. And to me, for a quarterback, that's kind of a, that's kind of a no-no to, to tell a quarterback he doesn't take it seriously. Now, Kyler, I, I, like, I like to think the way Colin handles himself on the field I think he does take stuff seriously Colin's a great athlete and Colin, like you said Colin was drafted by the Oakland A's so he, can, he could play baseball he could play football now you have to wonder I don't know if that would part of the negotiation Floyd by Kyler you know what I can leave you and I can go play I can go play baseball I don't know how much of a Floyd that would have been, but to be honest with you, it, it does become it does become a very a very interesting thing. Now, again, I think that you know, to be the Cardinals I, have a, little, I have a can of worms on this one because you're pretty much telling the football world you're telling his teammates, people that you have, you're telling his coaches as well that hey, and again. Your coaches would think, the coaches would think, especially Clef Kingsbury, will know if Kyle's taking stuff seriously that he is watching game film. So why in the world would you put that in a contract? Your offense got all this money in the world. But hey, li- limit, yeah, but hey we got to throw this in. We'll pay all this money. But hey, we got to throw this in there. I mean, in a way, I get it. you know, Again, I think I did talk about this a couple of episodes ago. Now, i get it i get it to a point if for example if you're a quarterback you go pay him that much money and you say you know what we need to stop we need to stop you from uh driving your motorcycle or we need you stop stop you from skiing because you know because we don't take a chance of you getting hurt now again players do have that in and their, con- their contract i bet you i bet you you can go look go look and figure that out look at it, look at it up. Because some players actually do have that, do have that. Because some players, because some players go out there and play ba- play basketball and ownership don't like it. If you're a quarterback and you're playing pick-up basketball games, ownership don't like it because they don't want you like tearing ACL you know, yeah. while you're playing basketball. Now, but to me, it goes back to this. I don't get the kind thing and thing you know, about the putting in in his contract, but the study happens now. Now it's been blown out of proportion. I think, you know, Kyler Murray's had to answer so many questions about it. Now the Cardinals said, forget it. Let's just take that out of your contract. But to me, I think the Cardinal's building a can of worms on that. Now, but Kyler, but Kyler's plugged in. He signed the deal. He's gonna be the Cardinal's property for the next, you know, for the next several years. He's got one of the richest contracts in the NFL, so to me, what the case might be, we'll find out. If, now, Kyler has improved every single year in his league, so to me, if he was, if he was, if he didn't study film that badly, then how could he? How could his numbers keep getting better every every year? That is something that would be brought to my attention. But, again. I just don't know. I don't know what the cars were thinking when they put that in his contract, and they said, "Oh wait a minute, wait a minute, let's take that back," because I guarantee you, it might have peeved collar off. But again, Kyle's on the contract, Kyler's done it, and again, contracts in any sports sometimes they don't mean jack squat anymore. I mean, I know people get on the what is it, uh, Kevin Durant thing, because he wants out of all the. Brooklyn Nets and he is he's been there for a couple of years and I think he's had like a five or six year deal, whatever the case might be, and he wants out after a couple of seasons. Well, again, Kyle Murray could be the same thing. I mean, for all we know, Kyle Murray could be there for this year, the following year, and he'd say, You know what? I'm out of here. This is not working for me anymore. And to be honest with you, if the Cardinals do not improve this year, and they have improved a little bit every year, with Kyler and Cliff Kingsbury, you have to wonder, you have to wonder at some point in time, will Cardinal Manchin say, you know what, getting Cliff out of college wasn't a great idea. We need to get rid of him. And if you get rid of Cliff, does, yeah, how will Colin Murray feel, feel about that? Does Kyler Murray and Cliff have a pretty good rapport to the point where maybe Kyler almost played for one head coach? That's Cliff Kingsbury. Again, that's a situation that people don't think about. But we shall be honest, we'll see. We'll see if that stipulation, that contract will actually come back to bite the Cardinals in the butt or not. Because to me, it kind of shows to me maybe the Cardinals don't have the confidence in Colin Murray, that we really believe they do. But Then again, they better have the confidence in it because if you give them that fat of a contract, you better have a lot, a lot of confidence in the show man. Now I want to throw this one in. For my, for my Dallas Cowboy fans. Now, I believe Jerry was doing an interview, I believe, with, with the NFL Network. Might have been about a couple days ago, if I'm not mistaken. And they mentioned about, of course, Zeke's name got mentioned. And Jerry made the comment that, yeah, we need to get Zeke the ball more. And and to me, that's been the speculation, at least that has been the speculation since the, since Omar Cooper has is, is gone off to Cleveland. And yes, you do have C.D. Lambert. I think C.D. Will, will be okay as a new number one receiver, but Gallup is not going to be ready. You've got other receivers. James Washington is going to have to step up. And he has not really shown that much of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then you gamble on Tolbert, the uh, receiver from South Alabama. Now, Jerry's come out and said, "Yes, we need to get see, we need to get more involved." Well, Jerry, you to have no choice but to get see more involved anyway, because again, your receiving core is not that strong. Other maybe the only guy I can trust is CD Lamb, or maybe Dalton Schultz. Let me be frank, you are the only two weapons you can line. But the thing is, when Jerry comes out and says, yes, we get, we'll either put a lot more on Zeke this year, this kind of goes back to the This kind of the theory to me, as Jerry Jones, the uh, head football coach of the Dallas Cowboys, was, was Mike McCartney. And again, this goes back to the speculation where everyone always says that Jerry, that Jerry's always been the head football coach. That's why he kept Jason Garrett around for years. That's why he had was it Dave Cambo, remember him, and the guy at the Dallas County, coach. remember him. It's like Jerry always, and again, people always been kind of always said that Jerry is always the puck pulling the strings and doesn't want a strong head football coach. Now, I always thought Mike was, could have been that guy as a strong football coach. Now granted, Mike had a lot of success with the Great Bay Packers, but you had one Aaron Rodgers that could have, that, that could that lifted you up. Now, Dak is a, Dak is a good quarterback in his leg. Now, I don't have Aaron Rodgers in his prime over Dak Prescott, but that's that's a different subject for a different man. Then again, he does have a pretty good running back in Zeke Elliott, and Zeke might have been better than most of the running backs in the green Bay had in Mike McCartney's time. He did have a few, he did have, he did have some good ones. Has a few pretty decent ones. To me, I don't think had the talent Edwin Zeke. But again, I'm always kinda of finding it funny that he would go again that Jerry is the puppet holding strings. And I don't think Mike, I mean I Mike probably blocks probably blocks Jerry. I when he says stuff like that, at least I kinda think he does. But it becomes it becomes interesting. With Jerry is Jerry needs a guy, but he needs the puppet. He's a guy he needs the puppet holding strings. I mean, there's only two football there's only two coaches that switched up to Jerry, Jimmy Johnson and Bill Parcells. Jimmy Johnson won a couple of Super Bowls. Parcells won some Super Super Bowls, that will balance, but he won some of the Giants. And, and everybody talks about everybody says, Well Sean Payton, Sean Payton, Sean Payton. First, thing, yeah, we're gonna be honest with you, you really believe if Sean Payton came in and Jerry's going, Jerry's going to pull Sean Payton's strings? No, that's not going to happen. As a matter of fact, Sean Payton's going to want, he's going to want some of that, some of those calls. He's going he to make one of those. He's going, he wants to make the most tough calls. And he, I can't see Sean Payton going to a drink with with uh, Jerry Jones, and Jerry Jones wants this player, and Sean Payton, and Sean Payton's going to look at Jerry Jones and say, well, uh, Jerry, I don't want him. I want that guy because to to that guy will fit our system. Jerry's gonna look at it. to look at Sean and Sean. You lost your every the mine. Then again, it was Jerry Jones that wanted Johnny Manziel. But it, was the, but, it was the, but it was the scouts, I believe his son. I believe even Stephen Jones stepped in and said, "Dad, we need to take Zach Martin. Zach Martin's gonna be a pro bowler and maybe a future Hall of Famer for, you know, for years to come." Well, guess what? The scouts were right. Jerry was wrong. Now Jerry, Jerry had the, had the fortitude to reach out and get CD Lamb. A lot of people thought they would go for like a cornerback or something like that in the draft. They went out and he got CD Lamb. Now again, for Jerry, it wasn't a bad pick. But the one thing is, Dallas Dallas can find. There's times where Dallas can have a decent draft, and there's times where Jerry Jones don't botch up botch up a draft. But I think this time around, I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see. This is a year that Mike McCartney, pressure's on Mike McCartney. He's under the hot seat. and If Dallas does not make the playoffs in some way, shape, or form, Mike could be gone. And Jerry may beg, beg, and beg Sean Payton to come back. Come to the Dallas Cowboys. But I just don't see it happening. But for Jerry pretty much come out and say, hey, we need to see, we need to see more involved. Yes, I agree with you, and that's an obvious thing. But Mike McCartney is the head coach. It's Mike McCartney's call, not Jerry Jones' call. And again, here we go all over again. Jerry pulling the strings. Right now he's pulling Mike McCartney's strings. And I want to see if Mike does step up to Jerry and say, Jerry, you hired me to coach this team. Let me coach this team my way. If I want to give Zeke the ball ten times a game and I like dare attack Dakar 45, 50 times, that's what I'm going to do. Now I don't think that's going to happen, but again, if that's what Mike wants to do, that's what Jerry paid Mike to do, to call the plays. But for Jerry, Jerry is never going to learn that you gotta leave well enough alone. Let your coaches coach. Plain and simple. Jerry's always gonna be the owner, the general manager, well, he is general manager, and he always wants to be the head coach. Jerry wants to do it all. And Jerry has the richest the richest football team on paper, without a doubt. It is the Dallas Cowboys. But for Jerry, Jerry's gonna to be to the point where he's gotta leave well enough alone and let, yeah, let the guys let Mike do his do his thing. Well, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, there are some sad news. Ryan Jensen started sooner, of course, I guess you've already seen this a few days ago. He uh, went down in practice and he threw his helmet in disgust because he knew he had done something, something happened to his knee. Well, there hasn't been any official reports that have come out yet, but it doesn't look too good for the for Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ryan Jensen seems to be gone for the year or so so it seems to be. Like I said, there's no official reports that have come out that Ryan. Yeah, but he is going for the year. Now, you know, Todd Bowles has said they will have guys from within the organization within within the locker room that's going to try to replace replace Ryan Jensen at center. Now, to me, it becomes a concern for Tom Brady. Yeah. Your tackle positions seem to be set, but you've got to replace one guard that's retired, one guard's gone off the Cincinnati Bengals, and now you got to replace your center. And to me, that's a concern. Now, again, your tackles are fine. But for me, there comes a concern, and I'm concerned for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You've got these weapons. You've got Leonard Fournette. Yeah. But the problem is the offensive line now seems to be in question. And I don't care if you're Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, whoever your quarterback whoever your quarterback is. Like I said, your tackles are fine, but your two guards in your safety spot, in your, excuse me, in your center spot is a huge problem. And it becomes a huge problem for Tom Brady. Tom Brady, yes, I get it. Tom Brady will be, what, 45 years old? I get it. Tom's won seven Super Bowls and Tom seems to find Father Time. He seems, to, he seems to be dodging that bullet. But I have to wonder and it makes me wonder Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans if maybe Tom should have stayed retired because it's not saying that Tom doesn't have the ability. Obviously, last year. He had the ability but he had a healthy offensive line last year. Your two guards are gone. Your center is gone. It's a concern. Now, the way I did get Shaq Mason from New England Patriots, which is not a bad pickup. But again, that's one guard spot and that's one center spot that needs to be worked on. And for me, if I'm the Tampa Buccaneers organization, if I'm Tom Brady, if I'm a Tom Brady fan, Uh, yeah, it is a concern to me. Like I said, you've got the weapons, the tackles are set but I'm concerned with the one guard spot and I'm concerned about the center. And to be honest with you, if that's the case, then you can imagine you can get pressure up the middle on one Tom Brady and you gotta play, well, Aaron Donald, for example, or any, any old uh, team that can get pressure right up the middle, it's gonna be a concern to the Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans and to the coaching staff. And it should be a concern to Tom Brady himself now, they say they get some help, with, within the locker room, there's been rumors they could go outside the locker room and bring in another guard or or center. And to me, that might be the case that they've got to have to do. Now, I don't know what, what other guard or other center that could be out there that they could bring in. I think there are a couple out there. Was it? I know a J.D. Trotter, I believe, is out there that might be a good fit for the Buccaneers. He has a veteran son. That can certainly come in. And I'm sure that him and Tom Brady could uh, get along get along very well. But again, it's a concern if you are a, a fan of 10 Buccaneers. It's a concern. Because again, you need a good offensive line to protect your quarterback. And a guy like Tom Brady, uh, seven-time Super Bowl champion, Certainly a future Hall of Famer, the man that set every passing record that there probably is or ever will be. It becomes a concern. Now, I'm interested to see if they do go outside of the organization. Will they get? Will they get a? They get somebody. But for me, it's a concern. For Ryan Jensen, I hope Ryan does come back, but it probably be to about 2023 when he comes back. Both for the Buccaneers and for their fans the offensive line these injuries they're a concern Ryan is a huge concern with him getting hurt because now you're going to have to rely on guys that that you did have to rely on in the past so much and for me that's a huge concern for a guy like Tom Brady well, that's all I have time for this week's episode ladies and gentlemen um, thanks for joining me please please take care of yourselves And I will see you again very soon.